Hey, this is Dave Pryor for projectmanagement.com. Fresh back from Memphis, the Digital PM Summit just ended and there's a couple interviews that I didn't get to do while I was there. And one session I really, really wanted to see that I couldn't get into because it was packed to the gills. And that was with Suze Howarth. Suze, thank you for being here. Thanks, Dave. Now, you're not from Memphis, obviously, by your accent. Where are you from? <laughs> no, I'm from London um, in the UK. Okay, and so you're back home now after enjoying yeah. your time with Elvis and everything. Yes, um, definitely. And and you gave a talk about Agile, which I was super excited and I couldn't wait to get into. And then by the time I got there, I got turned away, which sucked. But I guess you had a pretty crowded yeah, room. Yeah, I packed out. It was good. Yeah, it was very crowded. <laughs> um. So can you talk a little bit about the general, like what, what led you to want to give this this talk at the conference? Um, I guess digital project managers, we've always been very methodology obsessed. And also around agile, it's become quite a kind of buzzword in the industry. Everyone wants to be agile, do agile and sort of various misuses of the word. Um, and I came, I mean, I started project management back in 2005 and it was very much more of a waterfall structure um, okay. then, but Agile kind of came slowly or maybe a bit quicker in later years um, into our processes. Um, but there's a lot of, A, there's a lot of misuse around the term, like I said, but also I feel like there's a lot of snobbery um, around Agile and uh, the proper use of it. And you have to follow a strict methodology as such, um, else you're not doing it properly. Um, and I kind of wanted to do a session around that about forgetting the snobbery because I don't believe you have to follow a strict methodology to actually succeed in your projects. I found there was a there's a lot of anxiety like every time I was in a room and somebody mentioned agile people would look at me like oh did I <laughs> did I say the wrong thing I'm like what it doesn't matter. Like, yeah exactly <laughs> um, like I mean even if you say I'm doing agile. People are like, oh, you, you have know, to it, be agile. You can't yeah, do agile. Being agile. <laughs> um, but that's what I kind of I'm quite against. Like and a lot of people are quite snobbery and um, snobbish towards um, hybrid approaches as well. And I actually think there is a place um, for hybrid approaches in projects. All right. So we were I was trying to be careful and not get into an argument with you in the interview. But let's <laughs> just see what happens now that you've brought up the H word. How do you de- how would you describe a hybrid? Um, a hybrid approach would be um, taking one of the methodologies, and that would be, I guess, your main process, your main methodology that you um, that you run your projects using. But you can actually mix in other um, practices from other methodologies. So where I see um, a hybrid approach would be there is, say, agencies you do have to follow more of a waterfall structure um, because they have clients who need them to define scope, uh, budget, timings, etc. So it becomes such a much more obviously a strict process, um, more waterfall like. But there are ways to weave in agility, I guess, into your projects. Um, So using agile techniques. And this is where in my session um, last week, I kind of went through the core principles around Agile, yeah. um, which aren't just specific to Agile, you know, they're used in Lean too. But these core principles that are actually really important across any type of project. Um, and that's where I believe a, a hybrid approach comes in because you can be running a more sort of more waterfall-led project, but you can actually apply some of these principles to your projects. So this this and this is a different, I guess, than I've thought of it before. So like they start out as waterfall, but maybe they're bringing in retrospectives instead of postmortems at the end of the project, or they're going to do yeah. scrums and things like that. Okay, I my yeah. experience is that companies will say we're going to do agile, but we're going to do a hybrid. So we're going to do a daily scrum, 
with, or we're going to do scrum with a daily scrum once a week. And, you know, we're going to have the team estimate all the work in the product backlog up front so we can put it into a Gantt chart. Yeah. <laughs> Which to I me isn't a hybrid. Thing. That's just sloppy agile. Um, yeah, I guess the thing is, if you're running a waterfall project and yes, you are sort of defining things up front, um, things like daily stand-ups, um, you know, defining a backlog, they are kind of useful techniques, tools and techniques that you can actually employ within your project, you know. Um, so I do actually believe there is validity um, in sort of applying these kind of more agile techniques into a waterfall project. Yeah. I wouldn't say then that they're do they're running an agile project at all, but they're sort of working with more agility, which can only help the project that they're running, I think. Yeah, create more transparency. And maybe, I mean, that was a conversation I had with a lot of people at the conference was just try to do one thing. Like, yeah, don't worry about exactly. all of it. Just do one single thing and see what happens. That's exactly um, what I kind of summed up with as well, is that, you know, test and learn, inspect and adapt. Again, another kind of core agile principle is, you know, trying to introduce in small increments you know if if you're trying to introduce new processes and tools and techniques test them they don't work don't use them anymore you know try something else yeah um i want to ask you about the customer because i know that was part of your talk i can you've got a great slide on that that i'm not gonna repeat (laughs) the words because it's a family show but um when you this is like when i talk with brett about this stuff this is one of the things that we always get stuck on is the customer really doesn't care. So if, if a shop wants to, if a digital agency wants to adopt Agile in some manner, in whatever form it is, they're going to have to figure out how to convince the customer to come along for the ride. And the customer just wants the product. So how do you, when you have that conversation with the customer, how, how do you go about trying to talk them into it? Um, so I guess for, customer, for how I sort of saw customers is um, there's a split, basically. It could be a client, um, a stakeholder, or it could be the end customer as well, the actual user of your product or service. So, um, But again, I don't think either of those types of customers really care about what process you're doing, as long as the end product or service is suitable and what's best for the customer, sort of the end user, I guess. Um, so I think it's all about sort of trying to look at the value of the processes that you're running. So one of the things I did go through in my session um, was an approach we've employed recently in the agency I'm working in currently, um, where it's a lot more about customer first approach and customer testing um, up front. So sort of getting the customer to feed into the products and services that you're defining. Okay. And I think sort of selling that value into your client or stakeholder um and sort of making them see the end benefit of um, a better product and service that your customers and customers can use better um is really core to this okay cool thank you um one of the things i thought was really great in your in your presentation was was talking about how to map out your process can you explain why you're asking people on the agency side to do that and what it's supposed to teach them yeah, so one of my, um, I guess my core activity was around looking at your, inspecting your um, process currently, um, whether that's on a current pro- project or on sort of as an agency or organization overall, how you run your projects and sort of mapping that out in terms of what are your stages, what are the kind of tools and techniques you use within that. And then what I wanted people to do within the session is 
um, sort of review that and try and analyse um, it and identify pain points and then opportunities, um, which is quite sort of tied into the product discovery process that I was also talking about. So it's about looking at um, customer problems, customer pain points, and then identifying opportunities from that. So in mapping out the process um, in the session last week, I was hoping that the attendees would be able to sort of try and identify any sort of issues or problems within their processes and find the opportunities of where they could actually look to improve. And did it work? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I got some nice feedback and um, I actually gave away some really uh, tacky London souvenir prizes at the end um, <laughs> for people who answered questions um, and actually sort of told me what uh, their problems were and what they were going to solve. So. <laughs> okay. I, th I think to me that seems like a really valuable activity, no matter whether you're pursuing ads or not, just to really understand what's going on and then start to see, I mean, just from a lean perspective, where the waste is in place, where you're having yes. the bottlenecks. And even if you could say to the customer, look, every time we work with you, this is where things get gummed up because you're so bad at getting feedback to us in a timely manner. Yeah, then you exactly. complain at the end, then, then it's a way to kind of push, push it back on them. Yeah, exactly. It's about sort of identifying those kind of blockers, those um, areas which are slowing down your overall project delivery. Okay. So you've been doing this for a while, I'm assuming, right? Yes. Working in project yeah. management. Quite a, and, quite a long time. <laughs> okay. And, and so you come from a traditional background. Do you have any certifications in that stuff? Um, I did a Scrum Master training um, a few years back. Okay. That's the only certification I've got. Okay. If somebody is getting into this field right now, like a lot of the people at the conference are kind of newish to this field or they're trying to figure out how to, you know, go from just following process to turning it into a career. Um, do you think there's still value in studying traditional practices or do you think it should just be about Agile or do they need both? Like what's the... What's the recipe you would give them for how to prepare themselves for a career doing this stuff? Um, to be honest, um, I, I, and this is a personal opinion, yeah. but um, <laughs> I don't see a lot of value in studying some of the traditional um, uh, certifications anymore. Um, I mean, not, I'm just going on obviously my own personal experience. Yeah. I've never done anything like that, and it's never to me affected how uh, my ability to run projects and run projects quite traditionally when, when I first started out. Um, I think a lot of it is learning um, by experience, um, getting experience in different types of projects, different types of organizations and different types of clients. Okay. Um, and sort of learning on the job. I think um, in terms of Agile certifications, I found my Scrum um, Master Training useful. But again, I think there's just so much information um out there um that you can sort of read and try to understand and people to talk to and that's where something like the dpm summit was amazing for this in terms of meeting other people like yeah. you and talk to about things like this um so there's a lot out there already so i would never say that um a project digital project manager needs a qualification in or a certification um to kind of um go forward okay yeah to me i I think outside of digital, the certifications have a lot of value, be at least for me, because I know, I just want to know that people understand basic language things that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things I love about the digital space is that there's not so much animosity between one side, or at least I haven't seen that much yeah. animosity from one side to the other. So they're just more tools. What scares me a little is that people are 
seem to be kind of falling onto the this dogmatic thing like you have to do agile this way and it's not just mm. they're saying that but most of what they're saying is wrong like i listen i heard some people say things i'm like oh no please don't ever say that out loud again like that's just not the way that works <laughs> yeah um, i think that's where this was sort of born out of as well because i i do see a lot of um misapplication of a like i said the term agile and the use of that term and how people sort of perceive it and also, um, particularly with Scrum as well, um, people sort of falling back on Scrum as sort of the ideal way to go for everything. And I don't necessarily think it is ideal for everything. And um, part of my session was that, was that you do need to look at and inspect your kind of particular situation, yeah. um, your project, your client, um, your organization, your team, and see how you are set up and how that will sort of lead to what process you should use as well. Okay. Do you think if if I'm in an agency and we're um, trying to adopt Agile, some form of Agile, are there um, any things that are sort of, these things must be present? Like you have to at least, I mean, you talk a lot about backlog and things like that. Um, Is it, do we have to have cross-functional teams? Do we have to have stable teams? Do we have to, I mean, what are the things that you you can't, you feel like this can't work without? Um. Well, I think the the three core sort of principles that I looked at, because when I was sort of reviewing again, I mean, it's something that people have seen obviously a number of times over the years, but the sort of four core um, agile values, 12 principles, but also against what the um, more lean principles are, the three kind of themes that really stood out to me. And it's something that we've been sort of working on through our product discovery process as well. were customer first, um, frequent delivery, and also sort of team collaboration. So like you said, a balanced, stable team is really sort of core to that and is almost the enabler of um, being customer first um, and of frequently delivering. Okay. What is the thing, are there any things that you think just don't fit into digital? Like if I if I'm trying to do Scrum, are there pieces are there pieces that this just isn't going to work, like in a digital model? Like the agencies just can't adapt to it because of the relationship with the customer or the nature of the fact that they have so many projects on the table at once. I mean, um, maybe and maybe not. I just I figured it was worth asking. No, I think I think again that's I'll sit on the fence here maybe, but um, I think it's really hard to say what will work until you understand the situation. So an agency, like um, one of my projects, for example, at the moment um, runs with a retained team. So we've got 100% of a cross-functional team working on this project continuously. And that sort of lends itself really well to working more um, iteratively in a more sort of slightly agile way. Um, However, it might be that a project you can only get sort of 50% of a developer and that's it, you know, and you've, you've got to share time with other projects. So it might be harder to sort of set up that really sort of balanced collaborative team. So that's just as an example, it's quite hard to sort of, I think, say what would work or what wouldn't okay. um, in an agency environment dependent on the project and the client and what they're paying for. And also their sort of understanding of um, the sort of scope and deliverables and how you set them. Because that's the core thing. I mean, a lot of clients that I've seen over the years, they will not sign a contract without having a clear list of this is exactly what we're getting. And again, that's, that's <laughs> this is the hard. exact list we're going to violate in a week exactly. by telling you we need more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Um, so it's on the fence of it, but it's, it's really hard to say, I think, unless you know the specifics of the situation. Okay. And one of the things I usually start out with is asking the person that I'm interviewing to talk about their background. And I, and I didn't do that, but it seems especially important to do that right now. You're, free, <laughs> you're freelance, right? Yes, I am. So how many I- different clients do you work with right now? So I'm actually freelancing at an, um, one agency um, in London, and I've got two main clients. Um, one is a sort of huge retail client that we're building a design system for, and the other um, is another retail client, actually, but we do sort of a bigger program of work for them. We do most of their sort of creative UX and okay. design and strategic work for them. So this allows you to see, I mean, from a freelance side, you get to just, you get to see this stuff tried out in different types of agencies. Yeah, exactly. And I've worked at a number of agencies over the years too. Um, I, I mean, I started out actually in account management. I think when there was, um, there wasn't really a distinction between account management and project management. So account okay. managers were project managers too, um, at least in England at the time. Um, and I kind of, when there was that distinction, I was like, I've, no, I'm definitely a project manager. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that was my calling. Um, so yeah, so I moved into the project management side of things. I worked at a number of different agencies, and that's given me a really good mix of different types of clients um, as well, sort of from retail, corporate, not-for-profit, broadcast, etc. So okay, did you when you were talking to folks in Memphis, which is, I mean, there were probably more people from the U.S. than. Other, yeah. while, there, while there was a broad range that more U.S. people, did you get the sense of there being a difference in the approach towards an agile thing from, on the digital side in the U.S. versus the U.K.? I seem to think, and I don't know if that was because um, there was quite a lot of newer um, people newer to uh, yeah. project management there, that people were kind of more um, following the kind of more structured traditional approaches. And they were really excited um, about Agile, but kind of at the moment didn't know how to apply it to their particular sort of work and what they were exactly doing. Okay. Um, So I think it's a really, really exciting area there because um, what I would have loved to do if I had a longer session was kind of go into more sort of looking at types of projects um, and types of processes that you could actually adapt and how to adapt them. Obviously, in the limited time, I was trying to fit in a lot already. Yeah, you had a lot going on in that presentation. (laughs) Um, Cool. Well, hopefully, it's going to be up on on the Bureau's website, so I'll make sure to include a link to that. But if folks want to get in touch with you with follow-up questions, what's the best way to do that? Um, I'm on uh, Twitter, Suze Howarth, um, or Slack. If you're at the DPM Summit, I'm on that. So, yeah, just um, DM me, tweet me. I I love um, talking to people about this, um, about processes, Agile, et cetera. So I'm really happy to talk. Cool. Thank you very much for doing this. And you're off to vacation now, right? Yes, I'm about to go away again tomorrow. So my next flight, I think I've got eight flights in two weeks. Oh, my gosh. I'm on to my fifth tour. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope you have a great time and thank you very much Thanks for doing so this. Much. Thank you.